Hey everyone, it's your favorite book boy Spencer here. As you may have noticed, this is not the conclusion to our review of Midnight Sun. Instead, we have for you guys a awesome interview we did with the hosts from the Into the Fold podcast, a show all about the Grishaverse, which includes the Shadow and Bone trilogy, which has a show on Netflix you may have seen, and also the Six of Crows duology, and a lot of other awesome books. You, could, you should definitely check out all those books and anything written by Leah Bardugo. But uh, what is not as good as Leah Bardugo and the Grishaverse is technology. And so we did have a few snafus this week, so there may be a couple moments where the audio is uh, not so great. And about an hour in, we had to stop the recording and restart. But luckily, nothing was lost, so you didn't miss any of our conversation. We just had to kind of take a pause and then start back into it again. But anyways, we'll be back next week concluding our review of Midnight Sun, but until then, please enjoy our chat with the lovely Jeff and Juliana from Into the Fold, a Grishaverse podcast. Your electric glow is all of you. All right, <clears throat> let's get going. Uh, so welcome everyone to a very special episode of Twilight, because today we are not just talking Twilight, we are talking to Jeff and Juliana from the wonderful Into the Fold podcast, a Grishaverse podcast. Welcome guys, how you doing? Oh, we're I'm doing, doing good. so great. I am so sleep deprived and so excited. <laughs> yeah, I have yeah. like that manic, anxious, excited energy, and now I want to talk about books. Yes! I'm glad, because so that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, this has been a long time in the making. Yeah. You two have got us to read the main series. I've just started mm -hmm. uh, Six of Crows. Yeah, Shadow and Bone. and Shadow and Bone. Ooh, oh, you just started Six of Crows? Oh, wow, you're in for some fun. I, I know. Uh, you you guys are directly responsible for me crying at least three or four times. <laughs> um, and also many purchases yeah. at Barnes & Noble. But I'm oh, yeah. so glad yeah. to have you guys on. And so I just want to start, if you guys could just kind of briefly explain your podcast and then also what is the Grishaverse? yeah okay big question i know Let's i know that's a lot. that's a lot but that's yeah. <laughs> okay we are going to answer your questions juliana yeah. should you go first or should yeah, i I was gonna first? say i'll take the podcast and you take the Grishaverse. does that sound good okay cool okay cool, we'll cool, split cool. it that way okay so jeff and i are the two hosts of into the fold which is like you said a grishaverse podcast which is the lovely universe created by our fabulous author lee bardugo and we just are kind of reading the grishaverse books in a book style book club style what are you doing jeff are you, what are you talking about you just like flip me off <laughs> no he gave no. a little uh praise me to if i told somebody yeah, <laughs> I was like, it's like, I was like, well, I'm I, not gonna. I, I have a drink at hand, but I'm not gonna pour <laughs> one out for Lee Bardugo because it's gonna get all over my laptop if I do yeah, that. So I was just valid. like blowing her an invisible kiss. Okay, I'll take that as long as you don't flip me off. Do not fine. let me distract you. Talk about our show. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't let him distract I, I, you. We, Keep going. We, that that is a big ass for someone with ADHD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Like, what do you think? I'm gonna solve all the problems of the world today or something? <laughs> Jesus, but. So we are talking about the Grishaverse, and for people who are unfamiliar with the Grishaverse, you might have seen the show Shadow and Bone on Netflix, and that is the show that co coincides with the books that were written, and it's kind of a, the show's kind of a mashup of 
the original three books and then the following duology, which is the Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom duology, which is very fabulous. And I'm so excited, Spencer, that you're getting to starting to read that because that is like probably the best parts of the whole Grishaverse, in my opinion, and probably in Jeff's opinion, too, I would imagine. That's what I've heard a mm-hmm. lot of is that a lot of people really like the duology maybe more yeah. than the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of that, you hear a lot of that actually came from, they wanted to start from the beginning because the Shadow and Bone trilogy is what came first. Mm -hmm. But there was some concern. I don't know if this is just a rumor or if Leigh Bardugo herself has actually weighed in on it, but I think there was some concern that if they just started with that, since it's not as popular as the Six of Crows duology, that enough people wouldn't tune in to really give it a shot. So they had to build in at least a little bit of the Six of Crows content because they would get a bigger draw if they don't make people yeah. wait to meet those characters. Yeah, Fair I can enough. see that. Confused the crap out of me, though, when I sh- we started watching. I was <laughs> yeah. like, who, who is this? Who are these people? Like, What's happening? This, yeah. I don't remember this. We like, did yeah. watch the entire show mm-hmm. uh, before mm-hmm. watching or before, before reading, reading Six the of Crows, so I'm like, I was like, what? Where, yeah, what? Like, who are these people? <laughs> did I, did I yeah. hit my head and forget a whole subplot of the series? Trying to think how to very briefly, first of all, very briefly say anything. Anybody who has listened to okay. an episode of our show knows that we are not people of no. few words. Get us going, and <laughs> we will keep going. We have lots of words to be saying. I've caught, I've caught but, uh, yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> To try to bring it down to a basic understanding of what is the Grishaverse. Grisha, oh, wait, Joe, I didn't even say what, what we were as a show. I just said I said that we were talking about the Grishaverse. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, you didn't I didn't say, say what we are as a show? No, I didn't. I didn't get that far. Why not? Because tangents. we just kept going. <laughs> we just kept going about the show. Tangents we on tangents. The show and then we were talking. Oh, tangents okay. on tangents on tangents on tangents. So, listeners, thank you for sit, for really just like embracing who Jeff and I are. Initially, <laughs> this is who we are. We love a tangent. You've kind of got the vibe of like the show already. Here right. we are mm-hmm. presenting ourselves in the raw. So. <laughs> <laughs> So what we are as a show, Jeff and I, essentially, Jeff and I met, I kind of harassed him to the point where I was like, we will be doing a podcast together, unspecified as to what exactly it would be. And then one day I said, Jeff, we are doing a podcast about the Grishaverse. It will be called Into the Fold. Here are all the docs. Here's the Google thing I've created for us. I will meet you on Sunday and we will record. And that is pretty much the general trajectory is me being like, this is it. Join me or not. And Jeff was like, I'm in. In her defense, I (laughs) sent her, in addition to a fan fiction I wrote at her request, for Christmas, I did send her the first Shadow and Bone Mm -hmm. novel Mm. and said, if you get into this, I can get you the others. And when she finished it, her response was a screenshot of her having gone online and purchased every other book that Lee Bardugo has ever (laughs) written. So it's kind of what you guys did to me. I was like, yeah. well, I'll get the first one. We could do this chat. I'll, I'll at least know the first book. And then nope. n- then we we're like, we got to push it back now because I got to finish the series before we have a chat. I got to <laughs> we, we got to know what happens. I can't just I got to at least finish the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that uh, that that tracks. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, Lee Bardugo is just such a good author. and I'm mm-hmm. so excited for so you to great. read Six of Crows because this is where she really like hits her stride as an author. Yeah. 
and really just gets into her prime in her actual writing skills. Mm-hmm. And oh, you are in for a treat, my friend. Oh, I can't yeah. wait. Uh, no, no shade against all the books because uh, I love every single one of yeah. them. But Six of Crows is the book. Like this is the yeah. putting this, is this like stuff on the map book. Chef's kiss. This this was like the magnum opus of the whole thing. Well, yeah. I know what I'm doing the rest of today then. <laughs> yeah, you got me all excited. That. And then you can get a yeah. rad six of crows tattoo like oh, yeah, yeah, that oh, is that's rad. Awesome. It's kind of oh, hard to say. It really dope, is. Though. Yeah, like it's the dread. Like it I know, right? Okay, I'll send you guys a picture of it. Yeah, yeah please. I think that's probably the better way to I do it. I keep trying to get Jess to get like fang marks oh. on uh, the side of her neck for Twilight, oh. but she won't do it. And Why? like sparkles all over her face. No, that I get the right? sparkles. I get the sparkles. <laughs> I call dibs. Oh, no, he's lying because if he tattoo. did say that, I might do it. It's, that's true. I, I wouldn't put that idea <laughs> in her head. That's oh, fine. Yes. I like that. But, uh, I totally so, need a Twilight tattoo. <laughs> I I mean, I might get a podcast tattoo for our pod. Just I, get our logo on my chest. We've talked about doing something like that. Yeah, I'm I, I'm on a mission to create a whole like leg like a sleeve for my upper thigh. So I have a lot of real estate that has not been taken up yet. Mm. So definitely a Twilight slash podcast tattoo is very probable in that real estate area. Uh, oh boy, fancy way of saying she's available. <laughs> yeah. I, I, are we sponsoring hey. you? Is that it? We're paying you to, to rock the tattoo. Maybe I'm on Craigslist. <laughs> uh. Jeff, uh, if, I know it's a, it's a hard task, but if you could, at least what the kind of general idea of what the Grisha verse entails, like what is the world that it's in? What are we what are we okay. talking here when we say Grisha verse? So the world in which these novels take place, the Grisha verse, as it were, is made up of several different countries and. When you do your research, we actually did a whole episode breaking down the Grisha verse before mm-hmm. we started reading through the books for anybody who had never read any of these books before. It's a situation where each of these fake countries is based on real countries that exist, but she made up the names. She's made up whole cultures. She's made up like what their governments are like, what the base religion is, what their economy is like. And as for what is a Grisha, since it's the Grisha verse, in this universe, they make it a point of saying this is not magic because it's no. a thing you have to be born with a natural ability to do, but you still have to learn how to do it and you can be good at it or bad at it. Mm-hmm. So they call it the small science. And just to keep it simple, at the beginning of Shadow and Bone, what you learn is if you are found to be a Grisha, which they find out by sending examiners to test children, very friendly, very safe. As you do, yeah. yeah. You are, exactly, as one does. You are brought to, at least in Ravka, which is where most of the action of the first three novels takes place. It's a country that's very, very Russian-based. Mm-hmm. But in Ravka, if you are found to be a Grisha, then you are brought to the little palace in the Ravkin capital, and you are trained to use your ability to serve in the military, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's just how Ravka treats Grisha. In different countries, the more you read through the series, what you learn is that part of what separates these countries is how they approach and look at Grisha. Like in countries like Kerch, they treat them as indentured servants. In Fierda, they are very, very religious, so they treat them as abominations and they round them up and they literally burn them. 
Not, not the not the nicest folk. Very very fun. Mm-hmm. Very safe. It's a great place to grow up, Beardo. <laughs> but in Shadow and Bone, to set up the universe, it's a very very familiar trope for a lot of people who read these kind of books. You have a young lady who grew up in an orphanage and she finds herself in a life-threatening situation that forces her to unleash this power that she didn't know she had. And of course, there have been rumors and prophecies about this kind of thing. She has no idea how to use this power, so she is brought to the capital to train to learn how to use it. She's try- People are trying to convince her that she has this incredible destiny that she has to manifest, if only there was a term for that. <laughs> Her name's Alina Starkoff, and she is, poor girl, she is such a great character to get yeah. to know. But as you get to know her through these books, you see that she, like any female protagonist in a YA fantasy novel, has got problems, and most of her problems are with men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy you got your classic problems. dueling love interests. Love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I eat that and shit up. that's... That's just the Shadow and Bone trilogy. As you start to get to know these characters and she builds in these other duologies, these other novels that connect to this universe, you go to all these different countries mm-hmm. and you see mm-hmm. how the world works from different people's perspective. And like any good YA fantasy universe that takes place with a character manifesting their destiny, fulfilling prophecies and all of that good stuff, you see backstabbing, people fall in love with each other, you grow very, very fond of characters who end up dead. I'm not going to name characters in case people get into this universe, but I think if you've read a book like this before, you it's weird if it doesn't happen that way. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of frustrating if it doesn't. It, to, like I'm always sad when they die, but I'm also like, oh... It's yeah. weird when no one gets hurt. Right, or when they, like, bring them back. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't like that. That's a yeah. whole other topic. <laughs> like, reading, like, reading the Harry Potter novels the first couple of times, certain characters died, and I was like, no, that's not fair. And then you read through, like, the Game of Thrones books, and you're like, that is just how this world works. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's yeah. weird if we get to the end and everybody's still alive, because mm-hmm. that's that's the whole gig, isn't it? People people die especially the more you love certain characters the more destined they are to perish there's a whole lot more to the Grishaverse to cover but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit i have some more questions sure. things to talk about like you guys mentioned earlier your kind of the premise of your pod is is um juliana's the newbie to the to the world and jeff mm-hmm. is kind of the expert mm-hmm. as our listeners yeah. know our podcast is jess is a lifelong yeah, fan expert. yeah and then i'm the first time reader so did you guys intentionally rip us off? And how much are you willing to pay for me to get, you know, make this disappear? I will say we do know a lawyer. You know, she's related to a lawyer. So yeah, he's a space lawyer, technically. So true story. I met Juliana by becoming a fan of the podcast that she has. It's a Harry Potter Happy Place podcast podcast with our friend Melanie. Since we mentioned her several times on Into the Fold, we call her Mel, not Mal. 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 Uh. (laughs) But I became a fan of their show, so I became a friend of theirs. We've been able to do some fun stuff for PuffCast together even. So Juliana and I became friends through that. And like she said earlier, it became apparent at some point that we were going to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. And originally, we had this idea that we were going to combine 
like a love of reading with a motivational fitness type podcast and we were going to call it something like running through the pages we had cute ideas for segment names and then it just kind of never got off the ground but then after introducing her to the Lee Bardugo novels, as she started to get more and more into them, she came to me and said, you know what? It's this. Yeah. This is the thing we're going to start a show about. So, yes, we did intentionally rip you off. <laughs> and I will be going to court and suing you specifically. Mm. You will not be suing me. I will be suing you. I don't know anyone who's a lawyer. <laughs> no, sorry. The, uh, the, the, the bedrock of my speech I'll there do it myself. Juliana is liable for at least 85% <laughs> of ripping you guys off. Yes, I will take full responsibility. <laughs> Jeff is not to blame in this situation. I am the villain here. <laughs> Mwah, ha, 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 ha. And don't know anyone who's a lawyer, but I will stand up for myself in court. Thank you very much against your lawyer who takes space missions or something, whatever this person does. <laughs> yeah, we're not sure what he does either, but he says he's a lawyer, so I believe him. <laughs> okay. I mean, I can also say I'm a lawyer, but yeah, I guess you not. can just say anything. <laughs> yeah. To an extent. I'm, yeah, so... We just want to get into like, what's, do you have a favorite Grisha book? I know, I think, well, I think you said it was Six of Crows, but is there like a favorite moment, a favorite like part of it that like sticks with you that like kind of really hooked you into the series? I think for me, it's just like the big story and how well Lee Bardugo is able to construct a universe. She's very good at universe building and just like immersing you Mm -hmm. in her story. And I think that's kind of what caught me a lot. And I, my favorite character is Nikolai. Easy. Easily. Uh, (laughs) Just as soon as we got him in the story, I was like, I am really, I'm like fully in at this point. Like I love him to bits and pieces. He is my favorite. He's my boy. Absolutely. And wow. The sassy comments. I would kind of, uh, love to just spend like an hour with Lee Bardugo and have her like talk through her process of creating Sturmhond and yes. slash Nikolai and just how her writing process of how she comes up with all his little quippy lines because it must be so fun. Oh, it's gotta be. He seems like a, just a fun character to write because he's definitely a fun yeah. one to read. He's just, when you, when you get the reveal of what he is, when you know the Stormhound thing, I was uh, like, what? He's doing what now? And I thought it was like a whole yeah. bit by him. Like he was just bullshitting the whole time. It's like, oh, it, yeah. That, I was so hooked at that point. It was amazing. Yeah. Although I think for yeah. you, the hook point was uh, whenever you cried. Yeah. So at m- the end of what, Siege, or <laughs> Storm and Siege or what? what is Siege it? and Storm. Siege and Storm. Storm. Oh, um, yeah. Which I think you guys are covering right now. You're in the middle of doing that yeah. one yeah we just uh-huh. recorded today the chapters where they nikolai land in the, the fold reveal. and then nikolai uh, re- reveals himself to be nikolai yeah. he says i have brought back the sun summoner punch <laughs> I was beautiful. I do love that. Yeah, but it, yeah, mine was uh, definitely at the end of um, uh, Siege and Storm. It's my favorite line from the whole books. I know I messaged you guys. Uh, you had a mm-hmm. post. You said, uh, "What's your favorite line from uh-huh. um, the first book?" And I said, "You can never have too much champagne." That was. <laughs> I am going to uh, edit that. Which is yeah. My favorite line from the first book is is Alina uh, shouting, "It's butter week." Oh, that's a go! Yes, <laughs> we got so stoked. Because you have no idea what Butter Week is, she just yells, "It's <laughs> Butter Week!" And you're like, "What? Okay, I guess we're in Wisconsin now." I don't know. 
But um, oh yeah, I guess that'll work. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But my favorite line from the whole series uh, is is uh, our story has no end. Or there is no end to our story. Uh, got me. Just I love that sentiment. I think it's it's glorious. Uh, it's beautiful, and Ooh. it's just a sweet moment. Such a sweet, such a sweet <laughs> moment. Because that whole like last third or last like quarter of Siege and Storm, where it the siege happens, it just it boom yeah. and. At once. I immediately yeah. went and got the next book. I was like, holy crap, holy crap. I messaged you guys, I think, on Instagram, like, yeah. oh, God, <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my goodness. Yes, it's so good. That I will say that one of my critiques for that last book is that that last part happened so quickly, and I kind of wish it was dragged out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it just, oh, it's so good. Oh, you're real. Oh, I'm so excited for you to read Six of Crows. <laughs> you're going to love it so much. And there's so many good lines like that mm-hmm. as you go forward, especially once you get to King of Scars and Rule of Wolves. You're going to get some of those, like, hard-hitting, like, deep quotes that are really going to, like, smack mm-hmm. you in the gut. It's going to be so great. I'm excited to read those ones. Yeah. We're- uh. You figure out pretty quickly. She writes excellent dialogue for all these characters. Oh, she's so good at writing and dialogue. And she's not afraid at all to tackle things that are difficult to discuss with these characters. No. So it becomes clear that, in a way, this is probably her working out yeah. these things mm. that oh, are yeah. hard to talk about through these characters and she gives them excellent lines but i think a lot of her best dialogue goes to nikolai and he is so heavily featured in the last two books of the grisha verse that some of the best lines come there simply because she gives them to him yeah yeah he just provides so many great opportunities for good dialogue absolutely because sure. i think your favorite line is when they're talking in the um the, oh, the secret base talking about like stars or yeah they're like shit. looking at what it was called yeah but it, it's, <laughs> it, the line is something like is is love just uh suffering and longing for something that you'll never have something like that oh yeah butchering it completely oh, yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely whenever i started crying um now i'm wondering i know for sure i like screenshotted that but, <laughs> but yeah yeah uh it's, it's they're great books uh obviously uh you guys can tell by how excitedly we're all talking about this yeah. series on a twilight mm-hmm. podcast that yeah. we highly recommend it <laughs> And it's my go-to to tell people if, who are, you know, rereading Harry Potter again and be like, or or you can or, read this new or. series because I think you'll like it. It's really good, and it's a, yeah, it's, yeah. It's YA, but it feels more adultish. It feels uh, it's definitely yeah. more A than Y. Yeah, is what I yeah. tell people. It's YA, yeah. like Twilight feels more Y than A. Yes, the Grishaverse feels more A than Y. Yeah, great way to put it. Yeah. I'm definitely stealing that. Um. Fun fact, I uh, didn't know about the Shadow and Bone trilogy until I had already read the Six of Crows duology. Yeah, oh, really? I had no idea. I was that's walking funny. through the YA section at the library and I saw Six of Crows and thought, oh, that's a fun title. So I picked it up and thought, oh, this is a fun cover art. And then I read the premise and I said, you know what? They took Suicide Squad and they put it in a uh, Dungeons and Dragons-esque kind of universe it feels like and i gotta read this and the funny thing is i wasn't lost at all and apparently 
I'm not the only person who did no, it this way. I all. did it by accident. If I'd known the Shadow and Bone trilogy was out there, I would have gone back and started from the beginning mm-hmm. because in that way, I am a little bit of a purist. I, but exactly the I same read way. Six of yeah. Crows because it was the only yeah, one I knew about. I actually almost did that as well. The first book that I came along that I heard about was Six of Crows, and I, mm-hmm. I put that on my TBR list. But then you told me about Shadow and Bone. So yeah. Then I, realized and i read it in the correct way well and, and i had seen that cover i'd seen the book around I, I i hadn't no idea what it was actually about but i'd seen six of crows i'd never remembered seeing like the cover of of the uh shadow and shadow bone, and bone. Shadow but and i bone. but then you're like mm-hmm. six of crows that's in the same universe i was like oh that book is it's it's weird it is weirdly <laughs> more popular and like yeah i can yeah. see how you would end up reading that one first You know what's funny is if you go, I don't know if it still looks this way, but the last time I was on the Grisha versus website, if you go on there, when it breaks down these different sets of books, it says specifically the Shadow and Bone trilogy. This is where it all begins. This is where we recommend you start. Then it goes to Six of Crows Mm -hmm. duology, where it says something like, we don't suggest you start here, but you won't be lost if you do. And then when yeah. you get to the King of Scars duology, it says, don't start here. <laughs> you won't understand anything that's going on here because this is a direct continuation of everything else that has happened. You will be hopelessly lost. Is yeah, that the uh, Nikolai-centric book? Mm-hmm. Yes, those are. It's not just Nikolai. It's um certain oh, characters yeah. who become. I'm I'm trying not to for your sake since you're about to read Six of Crows. <laughs> I'm trying not to spoil it too much because you had it. asked what was the moment that really hooked you in. It was the. I talked about the way she writes characters, mm-hmm. the way she writes Kaz Brecker. Ooh, it's like you're Kaz constantly Brecker. going this way and then that way with him because he'll do this really horrible thing to remind you, oh. He's a thug. He's a villain. He's a bad guy. You're not supposed to like him. And then they'll have these moments, like these tender moments he has with certain characters that he doesn't entirely hate. Mm -hmm. Or when you get his backstory, which rips my heart out every time I read it. We Last year, we actually (laughs) talked about Six of Crows (laughs) on that pretentious book club. (laughs) When we were on that pretentious book club last year, we talked with them about Six of Crows. And what I said to them was, thank goodness they took his backstory and they break it up instead of just giving you all of it at Mm -hmm. once, which she does that with several people's backstories. Mm -hmm. But thank goodness she does it that way because if I had to read that whole backstory from front from beginning to end i just by the end of it i don't know if i would be okay like somebody would have to check on me (laughs) i feel that yeah it's sad but he's so complex because i mean he he and he tells you what's up like he tells you thing he says all these incredible things i'm not gonna get again not giving too much away but i gotta give you this one line Mm -hmm. because it sums him up perfectly if you convince people you're a monster you needn't waste time doing every monstrous thing Mm. Mm-hmm. that sums him up perfectly Ooh, that is, yeah. he'll like do that. bad stuff if he has to but it's not about doing bad stuff because he enjoys it it's about convincing people that he will if he has to because intimidation is the key to succeeding in his business right right i like that i like that a lot seems way more complex than the tv show version of him as it tends to be yeah true but yeah. to He's the be fair one. we are Right. Just getting, yeah, he is the king. Just getting there mm-hmm. okay. with him and the other characters. Like when we start to get into the real, like when we move past the Shadow and Bone trilogy and into the Six of Crows action, which I have every confidence will get there. 
Mm-hmm. that's when you're going to start really seeing, and it might be his interpretation because people have also said Ben Barnes's interpretation of the darkling is much, much softer. Yeah. And then is. the one in the we, book. Yeah. I have right. some things to say about the, he's got, in the darkling. He's got puppy dog eyes. He's, I can't hate but he's somebody. So I can't have a so eyes, handsome. I mean, we can't on. get over it. It's hard to oh, watch. Uh, we uh, looks like a cologne ad. Yeah. It's too, we had a similar issue mm-hmm. with a discovery of witches, um, which is mm-hmm. a uh, different. It's, it's more of an adult like fantasy book, mm-hmm. but uh, they have a TV show and the main character, Matt, in the second season grows a beard and it is too much. He's too handsome. We yeah. stopped watching the show. We we have not finished the it series. Because all we could do is talk about how handsome he yeah. was. Just like every <laughs> scene. Oh my God, why is he so handsome? He would just turn and be like, you oh. <laughs> we kind of got a little bit of that with the Darkling A little as well. bit. Yeah. Juliana, this sounds familiar, does it? Not? Yeah. Well, I kind of we have the discussion too, Jeff and I, that we count Darkling in the show as a separate character than Darkling <laughs> in the books, just mm-hmm. because like the vibe is so different. Yeah. Between Ben Barnes Darkling and Book Darkling, because for me, Book Darkling is like so inhuman. He's like almost like a zombie ghost kind of like essence to yes. him yeah, because yeah. he's so old and he's just like he's so evil. Like, he is so evil. But Ben Barnes is, like, so human. So warm. And he's just like, I'm I'm a cute person with a nice little beard. Look at me. But and even before that, <laughs> even before that, I mean, Lee Bardugo was giving this incredible talk that we got to watch where she addresses that even yeah. before the stunning and irresistible Ben Barnes took on that role in the Netflix show there was this huge following for the Darkling and these a whole legion of fans that were shipping Alina and the Darkling together and she's looking at this still exist ship that's growing and she's thinking you guys weren't supposed to like him it's like naming a character Stormy McBad guy yeah. and finding out that he's a villain he's the Darkling <laughs> he's yeah. darkness it's incarnate his name <laughs> so so that brings us uh, my next question was going to be about the show and how you guys like it um i'm gonna say right mm-hmm. off the bat I-, I thought it was good i liked i enjoyed watching the yeah. show i have one huge beef with it and it is okay. when it that they're all british uh, well that i i expected <laughs> 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 that i just like fine that's just gonna it's be fine. every show they we always also, do that yeah I tend to watch british television a lot so True. i don't think i actually noticed that yeah, honestly, I didn't either. I just kind of took That's it in stride. Funny. But it is that the when they go horse riding and he's like, "Call me Alexander," and I was like, "No, that is such oh, an important moment. That is such a I big." Died. We were screaming. I died. I was so mad. I, uh, I was like, "No, that is such an important." Because they never call him the Darkling yeah. in the show. Like, yeah. it's such a big point in the book. Yeah, it's such a big point in the books. I was so mad when they did that. I was like, "Why? Why? 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 Why?" Blew my mind. Did I, I was share like, with you my explanation for why? 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 I hope it was yeah, a fucking accident because like I'm mad. No, <laughs> 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 better been a mistake. When I love an. I found uh, other people can probably relate. When I love an author as much as I love Lee Bardugo, I find myself trying to excuse the choices that were made. And I don't know. There there are times with things like that where I don't know if it was Lee Bardugo's decision to go ahead and instead of making that a thing you find out at the end of it all, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was her decision. Because what I imagine is she's playing around with things that, 
were book canon, mm -hmm. things you can experiment with. Because for some people, it's not a matter of it has to change because it'll work better. For some people, it's just a matter of experimenting because the book canon will always be what it is. Right. So when they adapted it into the show, I like to think that Lee Bardugo might have been thinking, you know what? What if I had done this when I wrote this book instead of doing it the way it came out? Mm. How would that look? How would it go down? How would people react to it? So she puts that out in the show instead as kind of an alternate timeline. Yeah. Mm, I, my, I mean, I, I get that explanation uh, for some things, but that's such a, a waste of a, a really cool in the moment. Book. Yeah. Yeah. She's just going to have to create different moments since we lose that one. Yeah. And she's capable. Of oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, sure. it doesn't ruin the show. It's just something I really like. I'll tell you the thing that I didn't care for, and I don't know why this bothered me so much because it wasn't a big deal. I just didn't care for it, mm -hmm. was when they're in the tent and Zoya is all, or no, wait, they're not in the tent. They're back at the palace at that point. But Zoya's like, you know what? I used to keep your bed warm at night. Yes. And she's trying to be all seductive. I hated it. Yeah, I remember you that being mad about why that. Why did we have to do that? That was a big point for me. I hated that like okay so now we are reducing the character of zoya nazielinski to this mm -hmm. yeah she's just yeah. like a also, sex pot like what no. also this was one of the stronger points for the darkling is that he's one of these characters that's so focused on his one goal to conquer everything that he's almost i read him as an asexual aren't that many and i am personally am in favor of more of it right yeah. Yeah. no i mean that honestly it makes me it reminds me of uh, i don't know like harry potter and the cursed child where like voldemort has a child or something and you're oh, just like yeah, yeah. no that, it doesn't fit yeah because he's always Voldy, asexual yeah. in my head as that well didn't feel right yeah, all the stuff he for did the with most the part i i will admit i enjoy cursed child for the most part mm -hmm. i accept that it's different it's i'm not trying to argue that it's canon i would never do that mm -hmm. there most of I it i like trash. it but that thing, that, it just no, it doesn't sit right. Yeah, in the story. Might, I, yeah, I do yeah. not care for that because it makes the yeah, darkling more evil. Is trash. When he's like, yeah. he's kissing Alina and he's he's doing all he's seducing her, but it's it, he, it means nothing to him. He has he yeah. does he couldn't mm -hmm. care less. But it's all about yeah. the game, and Control, I think that it's yeah. and it's so interesting. And like you said, Jeff, like it's cool. I think it, it's cool to have an asexual character, like something different, and not just yeah. Oh, oh, I guess Zoya has sex with him now. That's okay. Or even a demisexual character, right. because that would mm -hmm. strengthen the argument of there's actually something to this ship between Alina and the Darkling. That's a good point. That. Because maybe yeah. the Darkling is, he's still an evil Stormy McBad guy character the way he was meant to be, but what if he's the Beast mm -hmm. and... Alina Starkov is the girl stuck in his castle. Yeah, yeah. No, I, yeah. If they just could, they could have done a lot of interesting things with it. I mean, or what it, they do in the book, it's very interesting. But yeah, in the show, they yeah. kind of. And it's, yeah, th that tends to be the things that bother me in these kind of adaptations is these little changes that I'm like, you didn't need that. That didn't really help. No, it made, just made fans mad. Didn't... But I will say, yeah. I think the the casting of Mal was fantastic. Oh um, yeah. He's one of the few, like, actually, like, ugly, handsome people. Like, because usually when mm -hmm. they cast, like, an ugly, <laughs> handsome. Like, he that. would definitely be somebody's taste. Yes, yeah. I, I, I agree with that, too. Yeah, he's he's definitely someone's taste, but he's not, like, so 
over he's not uh, he's kind of like he in a way he kind of reminds me of robert pattinson where he's like a very specific uh-huh. taste mm. of liking yes like yeah. he's uh-huh. a real specific flavor and someone out there is like wow that is the flavor for me but the majority of the people are like there's something up with this like he's not hot but he's not ugly and there's something just weird happening it's here. the charisma mm-hmm. yes and that's what it is with mal too that's why he's so suited to the character he's not conventionally or classically good looking right. but he's got charisma for days and they make that clear from yeah. the very opening yes. of the book which is also what i thought when you it's interesting juliana said robert pattinson mm-hmm. i yes. thought of a different person from goblet of fire i thought of victor crumb oh. yeah, i'm thinking oh, based yeah. on the description in the book yeah. of this character i can see people being drawn to him but not because he's classically good looking because he's just like if you're attracted to masculinity he exudes that mm-hmm. if you just like people who are upright and confident in what they're doing he's got that too yeah that's what what jess loves and that's why she's dating me um <laughs> I no doubt. I am, no I am masculinity incarnate. I am I am more testosterone than man. Wow. I can do so what many things. What an honor to meet you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> the, no, the honor is, is all yours, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> I kind of get the vibe that you guys like the show, but, you know, I think book people, were, we're never really going to love an adaptation. Yeah. Because it, it's yeah. just There's not no the perfect adaptation. It, it's impossible. Yeah, they don't exist. Yeah. I it's th- just, it can't be done. Uh, Harry Potter's maybe the best or like the closest to like being yeah. its own thing. Like the two worlds are kind of their own thing, and but they blend perfectly. Or maybe Lord of the Rings is probably the best adaptation ever. But, but a lot of that is because they cut out a lot of the unnecessary stuff in the Lord of the Rings because Tolkien yeah. will tell you about every leaf on every tree um, and why it's important boy and that is why i ain't read those books and i gotta be honest me, my me reading neither. list is long enough and it gets longer every day i'm not gonna i just i just <laughs> I don't do have not intend to i did get a little bit i got kind of pissed when i read the hobbit and thought really they split this into three movies but we didn't think to ourselves at some point sooner than the last installment that we should start splitting the Harry Potters so that we can tell more of the story. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Really? I, I mean, yep. I'm sure we're only a few years away from a TV, uh, you know, a Amazon or Hulu reboot of Harry Potter. I hope so. I, yeah. Probably HBO. Yeah, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. My money's on HBO. It's going to be boobs now. It's going to be bloody. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It's going to be so cool. Wow. <laughs> Sounds perfect. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, you know, Grisha, like all great uh, YA fantasy series, has groups, casts, orders, houses, whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it, it, where you can mm-hmm. put yourself in it. So I know you guys track it on your pod. You have people yeah. put in which uh, Grisha order they're in. Which order would you guys be? And also, if you could explain what the orders are real quickly. That would be great. Yeah, so we you have bet. we have three main orders. We have the uh, ethereal guy, the corporal guy, and yep. the material guy. And then there's suborders within each one. You have the squallers, who are is the squallers the air people, Jeff? Yeah, squallers. the um, yeah, the uh, ethereal guy or the I'm not summoner. an the airbenders. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually, airbenders, waterbenders, and firebenders. <laughs> yeah, the small science is really quite a lot like um, the Avatar, Avatar: The Last Airbender yeah. universe. The Inferi have fire power. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
squalors have air and tide makers have power over water. And what's interesting is the reason they call it the small science, this is actually the crucial point of why it's not magic, because what they explain is that magic is essentially conjuring. Mm -hmm. You're creating something out of nothing, as it were, or at least you appear to do so. But with the small science, you're manipulating matter that already exists. Like in Fernie, they can have power. It's kind of like Pyro from the X-Men universe in, in um, at least in the second uh, movie that they made mm-hmm. where he says, I can manipulate the fire, but I can't create it. That's how you think about it. Squallers yeah. have the easiest time of it because oxygen and air is pretty much always around them. Right. Mm. Tide makers are kind of the most dangerous though because they start by learning how to manipulate the water that's in front of them, but then once they start growing in their power and understanding Grisha theory better, they can make you drown while standing on dry land, which is terrifying. Metal. Yeah, I was waiting for them to get into bloodbending. Sure Actually, that. that would be more uh, corporal Kai because corporal Kai are the ones. I, yeah, I those think... are our heart renders. Yeah, heart our... renders. Yeah, heart yeah, heart renders, and you also have healers, and that's self-explanatory. And, and heart renders can and... ba- control someone's heart rate, so they can make people pass out by lowering it, or they can basically or just kill you. Yeah, make someone have a heart attack. Basically, those yeah. they're pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, which is why they're on the front lines on the battlefield. Because mm-hmm. they can just take out the other soldiers. And then the tailors are the rarest of all. Mm-hmm. Because it just because you get into the character of uh, Jenya. And she's the tailor because she's the only one that just specializes in that. But when you learn about the Corporal Kai, what you realize is that it's essentially Grisha Medical School. Because mm-hmm. when you learn to become a Corporal Kai, you learn a little bit of each of these things. And then you go with a specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all corporal guy are expected to know a little bit of each of these things. With ethereal guy, you have the affinity that you have, and that's the way of it. And then you have material guy, who are the order of fabricators. They have um, power over solid matter. Yeah, and there's have... not really like a huge distinction though between the jurists and the alchemi. Yeah, no. it's very much like like we're they're pretty much just one group. The alchemy are pretty much just people who like to blow things up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's really and, the only differentiation. Yeah. Like if you like to blow shit up, then you can be with them. But otherwise, if you just want to like make things. Yeah. If you then... want to make armor and weapons, you're a durist. If mm. you want to make, make bombs. Ke- yeah. If you want to make like chemical warfare, if you want to make bombs, blasting powders, that kind of thing, poisons, then you're an alchemy. And unfortunately, they tend to get very overlooked because even though they are able to manipulate things in a way that other Grisha and other people aren't able to, since they're not doing badass stuff like drowning people on dry land or making your heart burst like a baked potato in a microwave, <laughs> people don't consider what they do to be particularly special. We're the Hufflepuffs of the oh. situation. Yeah, yeah, they're the they're Definitely. the puffs of the Grishaverse. Yeah, yeah, I always imagine we do a lot of fun things, but we just get overlooked. Yeah, so. I imagine them a lot like like the MythBusters, where they're just doing crazy experiments. Oh fun. yeah! Oh heck yeah! The <laughs> MythBusters would make kick ass um, durists. Yeah, yeah for, for sure. That's that's like durists after hours, essentially. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, I just know. That's I just free think, time. I just think about. When I used to work at Starbucks, we used to like when there was no one around, we'd just mix a bunch of the syrups <laughs> and the everything and just make these like monster concoctions. 
And I, I imagine that. that's what happens when the durists don't have anything else to do. They're like, what can we combine all these materials to make? And they make like a giant mutant like item that's just like, and like shoots fire <laughs> out its ass. Definitely. Just like be- if you've ever seen the Owl House, like the Abominations never seen mm-hmm. it. Nope, never seen watch it. the uh, okay you know what watch the <laughs> owl house it's a disney cartoon with a same-sex couple on it and it's fantastic really? <laughs> oh it's a is that what oh it's a disney show okay you yes i have disney so, juliana you said you were a you were a taylor no i'm a durist 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 that's right and then jeff what which one would you be I'd be a healer just because I don't much fancy battling or manipulating other people unless I'm doing it to make them better. And I don't really fancy uh, plastic surgery, which yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, we, right. We I got mean, that. you got to have to learn some tailoring if it could help some people to be more self-confident. Like if they have a scar they want to get rid of and I can do that, then fine. But I'm not going to be the person who's like helping people disguise themselves to do the mission. They can learn to do that themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay. I was a theater kid. Fair Stage enough. makeup's not that hard. Yeah. Well, no, put some lines on no. your forehead. I took a little quiz yeah. and I got Taylor. That's, yeah. Ooh, okay. Um, cool. I, cool, cool, I, I didn't cool. take the quiz, but I'm definitely an, an Alkirni. Al- Alkirni? Alchemy. Yeah, Alchemy. Alchemy. Uh, I work in a laboratory uh, for my job. Oh, okay. I, I have a chemistry degree. <laughs> um, and, nice. Yeah. And Impressive. I was reading the website, Grishaverse website. They were literally described as lab nerds. And <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. working in the lab, oh, yeah. we're often overlooked. So I work in a yep. uh, mm-hmm. hospital laboratory, so no one cares oh. about us. But it's fine. I'm not mad. Yeah, as, as a other fellow healthcare worker, I'm a dietitian and I work in a nursing home, which mm. is the uh, uh, the unwanted stepchild of the healthcare system, shall we say? Yeah, easily. I'm very used to being ignored. <laughs> I know what that feels like. Yeah, yeah, that's not. A, <laughs> we we have a lab week every year, and then they give us like a, a backpack or a blanket or something, and then we never well, hear most from higher ups. Dietitian day. I usually don't get anything on dietitian day. <laughs> yeah also because it's also social worker day and the social workers are like much more loud and like (laughs) flamboyantly just like present than the dietitians are we just kind of do our thing and we kind of just like like okay we're gonna do my job and then we'll go home yeah and the social workers are like i'm here (laughs) to to coordinate care here i am look at me and i'm like that's not my that's not for me today I wish everybody listening to this could see the choreography that Juliana was doing because it's part of how she gets into the show when we're recording. I always if am it moving. sounds like she's moving, she's it's because moving. because I am. I'm doing like full eye. People don't say that you can use eyebrow choreography. I use my eyebrows for everything all the time. I don't understand like how people don't use their eyebrows because like I'm constantly like going like this or like doing like some kind of like weird eyebrow thing. But like. People are like, I don't use my eyebrows. I'm like, how do you not use your eyebrows? Like, I'm constantly using my eyebrows. Well, working in healthcare Mm -hmm. now, especially, we're all masked up. You have to communicate with eyebrows because it's all you got. You got your eyes and your eyebrows. My eyebrow choreography has definitely increased with the mask increase. Got to smize. I have to smize. Yes, I I was about to say, like, I've gotten good at doing the the eye smile. Ooh, yeah, ah. for those listening, we're making oh, yeah. faces. <laughs> They're like, wow, I love listening to people move their eyebrows. This is the most interesting healthcare talk I've ever heard on a, uh, a Twilight-themed podcast, mostly discussing the Grishaverse. Shadow and Bone. Shadow yeah. and Bone. So I do... Yeah, let's get into a little bit of Twilight. Yeah, let's get a little Twilight here. <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, as about 50 minutes into this conversation, 
Um, so what, what is Twilight to you guys? Were you big fans? Were you just trying to get through the Twilight craze? What, is the, what does the series mean to you? Yeah. Jeff, do you want to go first? I think you have an interesting story that you'd like to tell, too. Ooh. I've brought at least one good Twilight story for you guys. I wanted yes. to make sure I did have at least one. Awesome. So most of the books that I have read in general are books that I read from college going forward because I was terrible about reading when I was all the way up through high school, especially recreationally. Mm -hmm. But I was aware of Twilight so much that it felt like I was reading the books even though I wasn't because everybody was talking about them. And then, of course, I started seeing someone when I was in high school who was really, really into the books and they said I should read them. Mm -hmm. So you do. Sounds familiar. I read them. I actually really enjoyed them. And I didn't think at all about what a problematic character Edward Cullen was or <laughs> yeah. how many red flags there were in this relationship, especially not when the manic pixie dream girl that I was dating would say that we were just like them. And I agreed. Oh, no. Man, Jeff, we did had a very similar high school experience, it sounds like. <laughs> I, I get the feeling that we did. But it was fun for me because... At that, like, I, I've read the Harry Potter books so many times, I've committed chapters to memory right. almost. Yeah. But mm -hmm. I hadn't read those. I had just consumed the movies and then felt like I'd read the books because my brother talked about them so much. So it was similar to that. But Twilight was something that I was able to actually get in on from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Almost. I think yeah. New Moon was just out by the time I read the first two books. Wow. Yeah. So it was something that I felt like I was joining in on before it was too late to really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> comes, this is the story I prepared for you all. <laughs> okay. So picture it. A place that has been lost to the ages called Walden Books. Oh, God, I miss Walden Books. An event that has also <laughs> been lost to the ages called a midnight release yes. party. Oh. Yes. Ooh. For breaking traditions. dawn. <laughs> yes. These, these, are, these are the old ways. <laughs> so there I was at Walden Books in the Green Tree Mall for the breaking dawn release party. I was there with my friend Mia. I'm mm -hmm. going to describe to you what I was wearing that <laughs> night. Please. Beautiful. Black fedora with a white trim. Not the Black button-up shirt. No, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Black button-up shirt. White necktie. White suspenders. Black jeans. Black Chuck Taylor Converse high tops. And a walking stick no! with a generic metal handle. <laughs> Let that image oh. settle for a moment while you ponder the following. Oh, Jeff. Okay, Have okay. I just described any character in this Twilight series that you can think of? Does this describe any of these characters? Oh, gosh. Uh, Honestly, it describes gives me a lot like, of 2005. It gives me like Eric Yorkie vibes at the prom. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But minus the cane, I feel like the cane is. Kane... A step too far <laughs> to be uh, Eric. I got but... the cane at a truck stop, and I just got into this habit. I wanted to carry <laughs> it everywhere because I didn't care if it went with anything that I had in my wardrobe, which it this, didn't. This is so you, Jeff. But here's the thing: I went to this event in this outfit with this cane with my friend Mia, and they had a costume contest. <laughs> there were at first 
seven young ladies lined up who looked identical, except for one of them was blonde. We figured out what was going on, and my friend yeah. Mia peer pressures me into joining the costume contest, and I said, I don't look like a character. What am I supposed to do? And she said, just tell them you're Carlisle. They'll love it. <laughs> I thought it would make people laugh if I said that. So I get up there. And as we go down the line, everybody says who they are. Six Bellas, one Rosalie, that was the blonde one, and Mm -hmm. me. I was unprepared. (laughs) They narrowed it down to the Bella who was the most Bella-esque, Rosalie, and myself. And somehow... I won the only costume contest I've ever won without even trying to enter it. And you know what my prize was? What? Another cane. Tell a them, t-shirt that was three sizes too big. Of it was a 3X t-shirt that says, I was bitten, and on the back, by Breaking Dawn. Glorious. These are simpler I times. Still I still have this, shirt. this t-shirt. Oh, God. I wish uh, I still had this no, t-shirt. No, he doesn't. And I'm mad about that because he's told me the story before and I'm mad that he doesn't have this t-shirt. I wish I still had that, that t-shirt. Amazing. This is the most what 2005 story I've ever heard. That is beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a time. Uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, true, true. I, I, the, like 20, just that idea, the Walden Books, the mall, a midnight release. Oh, that's Those <laughs> yep. are simpler times. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a wild time. That's There's a beautiful. certain office quote about knowing you're in the good old days yeah. before you've left them that comes to mind. <laughs> the if goodest of days. Honest, though, I probably would have saw your outfit and been like, wow, that guy's cool. Oh, yeah. I would have thought, I definitely would have thought Jeff you was know, cool. The funny thing is I was trying so hard <laughs> to get people to think that about me back then, and it never worked. But as soon as I stopped trying to get people to feel that way, mm-hmm. apparently people started feeling that That's how it goes. It's all yeah. how it goes. Yeah. It's weird how that it's works. It's a vibe. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's a vibe. Yeah. I mean, tw- yeah. But Juliana, were you a fan, a big fan of Twilight too? Yeah, so I I got into Twilight because I had a friend who was like super like Taylor. My friend Taylor was like way into YA. Like she read every single YA book that was out there. Like mm-hmm. that was a fantasy YA book, and so she introduced it to me at like a little bit after the first book came out. And so like I was on the train <laughs> as these books were coming out. Like I remember New Moon. I remember all these books coming out and me going because we my mom would never let me go with Harry Potter or Twilight or anything. We didn't go to midnight releases. We got the book the day after because she would never drive me to a bookstore at midnight. That was just not happening. It was just not a thing. So I would get the book the day after and oh, Juliana in middle school and high school. I look back at her and I'm like, Oh, you poor soul, you. Because I read the books and I was like, I am Bella Swan. I want to be Bella Swan. I want Edward. Edward Cullen is the perfect man. I want this relationship for myself. This is the perfect example of what a good, healthy relationship is. This is exactly what I want in life from a human being. Flash forward to me reading, uh, what is, what's the new one that just came Midnight out? Sun. It's escaping my Midnight Sun. I literally <laughs> almost chucked that book through the window like five million times because I was like, Edward Cullen is a fucking manipulative asshole and he is using Bella. What the actual fuckity McFuck fuck? The story is like, different in 2020. It really does. It really does. I was ready to like jump into that book and be like, you are a jerk. You need to stop. You cannot watch this woman from across the room without her consent. What the fuck are you thinking? The man brings WD-40 
to or no he doesn't he brings oil to grease her window yeah, so he can sneak w- in better like yes! what is what is happening that is some criminal minds level nonsense and he also right there acknowledges how bad it is yeah it, which yeah. makes it he's worse, like it's not like. because of you i i'm only doing he, oh he loves to manipulate a situation she's like he's like you almost died but it was because i love you <laughs> I'm going to murder this. I literally, literally, I almost did not finish Midnight Sun because I was ready to just smash it through windows constantly. Yeah. And I was like, how did I read? How did I read Twilight and think that that this relationship was like great? And, and like, the problem is, too, is that Midnight Sun is her like revised like right. PC. I'm trying to make up for the Edward that I created in the first book's version. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god i wanted the original edward and i wanted him so bad and that is very very that's not good yeah that's not good we're in the middle of it right now reviewing it and it is it is tough because she started writing it back in 2008 um and then it was leaked and all the stuff and so she's just published it in 2020 but she started it before, but she had time to fix some of these things, you know, like, especially oh, if yeah. now it is 2020, you're about to release this. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe let's change some things or like, I don't know. I don't know what you would do at this point because Edward is just Edward, you know, it can't I change think that she much. could only backpedal so much. And she right. like tried really hard to backpedal yeah. and really hard to make up for the fact that he's just a manipulative, terrible person. Yeah. And at a certain point, He's a manipulative, terrible person, and you can't like explain him out of it. It's just true. like he—he's creeping in corners. He be telling her that he's doing—he's trying to kill her because he loves her, and that it's her fault because she's the one getting in trouble and causing all these issues. And it's her fault she smells that way, and he can't control himself. I mean, like to be fair, he <laughs> is a literal monster. Yeah, so, like yeah, yeah but it's uh, the problem is, is that middle rough. school Juliana wanted right, Edward right, very. No, that's. Yeah. No. That's the problem is that I was like, yes, this is the ideal boyfriend for me. This is how exactly. a man is supposed to treat me. <laughs> right. This, this is, is what... how I want to be treated. I want to be told that I'm throwing myself into a death pool because this man loves me. And it's okay that I land in the hospital and almost perish because he loves me. He tells uh, me that it's my fault, but I love him. Yeah, oh, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's complicated. Can I be honest it's... about something, mm-hmm. though? <laughs> Midnight Sun. My, my reactions were pretty much identical to Juliana's. Mm-hmm. It was. It was for me. It was more. It, it, instead of saying stuff that I already knew about Edward Cullen, the character, it made me think, "What? What was wrong with me?" Right. <laughs> like not not what was wrong with this guy because it's obvious what was wrong with him. Like what was wrong with me when I when I read this? On the other hand, when I read Life and Death. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. I enjoy oh, it too yeah. much. We reviewed it. Uh, we loved it. Female <laughs> Edward. It's the gender swap version, uh, Julie. Um, oh, I haven't read yeah, that. Yeah, it's really good. It's a fun read. Um, it's oh, it it is a bit. There is some added content to it, so it's not just mm-hmm. Twilight, but gender swap swap. But that's mostly what it is. But Edith, the female version of Edward, we like her so much better. I don't know. <laughs> It comes off way better. Way better. Way better. Maybe that's problematic like, to say. I don't know, but, but just yeah, I, I think it's because Bo Swan comes off Terrible as name. this little cinnamon roll, yeah, character, and he's so soft and squishy and lovable, <laughs> and Bella Swan comes across as 
really of any you, you don't you don't see what's going on here yeah yeah it definitely you get like a different character dynamic in life and death than you do in twilight even though it's just supposed to be the same story in reverse genders but it comes out it, it hits different but yeah so myers written now you know written the story of twilight three times basically and she, every time she's included the worst part i think of the whole series <laughs> and that is edward ha- says at one point the music peaked in the 50s <laughs> Got progressively worse until a mild resurgence in the '80s, and then just went bad, bad again. And it's terrible take. The worst take I've ever heard. It's such a bad opinion, and it's in all three of these versions of Twilight. <laughs> and Meyer had so much time to change it. She had every reason to change it, and yet it's still there. And I'm still mad every time we read it. But the- it must be a very like hitting home point that she personally holds right. inside of her soul to carry it over to three different iterations and have like different characters saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, she I- really must feel this like this is this is a, a hill that she shall die on. It really is. This is something that she a a a, a cause that she shall petition, and For it is real. that music sucks now. <laughs> She's apparently. so wrong. So wrong. It's such a wrong like. Opinions, you know, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but that, that is, is a wrong absolutely answer. Absolutely wrong. I, obviously, it's not going to be Midnight Sun, but a favorite Twilight book no. or movie. Oh, yeah. Like, what's which one is it for you guys? In in both oh, cases, gosh. it's Eclipse. Mm, oh, interesting. Interesting. Oh, I think because oh, no. I think New That's Moon like is like the fan fave. That's the one you, you hear about a lot. But I like Eclipse too. Why, why does it work so well for you? For me, it's just okay. With Eclipse, we have now settled into this universe. Mm-hmm. If you have gotten this far, then you are obviously willing to take the journey of Bella has questionable taste in men, <laughs> but she is at least committed to somebody who loves her in a way that's maybe not so healthy. <laughs> but you have now agreed to take the ride, so here we go. We've set up. Here's how vampires work here. Here's how werewolves work here. You now have this. This is where the Team Jacob and Team Edward thing yeah, really came yeah. in. Mm-hmm. Because I remember all in the, the next, and the posters of this. Yeah, in the oh, next boy. book, wow, there's the I marriage and the thing that makes no sense to me at all that we will not talk about <laughs> unless you guys really, really want to. What, that they have a child? Yeah, that, oh, that old thing. Okay, we are back doing it again. This is going to be a fun edit. Um, <laughs> question that we did. We finished. We're just chatting about Twilight. You guys are big fans. Um, mm-hmm. We are obviously big fans. Um, I did want to ask how you guys found us. How you, cause you yeah. reached out to us to do this, which we really loved. I, so grateful for. I think I just found you because the, the Instagram algorithm mm. delivered your profile to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how have I not listened to a podcast about Twilight? I listened to like 40 different podcasts. Yeah. Literally, how have I not listened to a podcast about Twilight? And I and Jeff and I, we kind of have this underlying theme of Twilight in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like an underlying like line of our story as we go forward right. and a connection that we have and a connection that really annoys my other best friend and co-host <laughs> mel yeah who does not like twilight in any format of the oh, no. of the idea that's so no. 2010 yeah <laughs> yeah it's just so just like she's like i can't take it i just can't take it yeah um, it does easy make to forget this honestly but mel is a few years ahead of us yeah mm. she, okay. She, didn't, okay. she wasn't in her prime when right. these books were coming out yeah, they were a little bit after her. Whereas, like, I remember sitting on my parents' couch and reading New Moon, 
and just like and all the other i had this one spot on the couch where i was sitting and read books i read all of them on that spot on the couch nice every single one and i was like i love being bella i love being in her head and i'm like now i'm like oh juliana oh oh middle school and high school juliana there's something very wrong with you my friend yeah it's a weird fandom because it's a lot of like people kind of recognize there's a lot of problematic elements to it and also but but it it meant so much at a certain time yeah i mean we ended we went to the festival in in forks washington um wearing my hoodie from there um (laughs) and yeah it's past and it's just interesting it's just a lot of people just still love it and it, it is but it's it's a very it's a different energy than like you know your harry potters or like going to like a regular comic con or something it's much more like personal like Like, or like it's it's from a child your childhood it's a weird different fandom where you you almost like you don't even necessarily like it now so much as it meant something so much to you at a time and you're still appreciating. i think it's like a a lot of nostalgia i feel like this fandom is just like very much banked on nostalgia Mm -hmm. and i have i know especially with the movies it's a very much so like love hate relationship. Like I, me and my friends, we would go to see the movies to purely go and laugh at how ridiculous they were. Like yeah. we had so much fun going to the movies and being like, this is the worst movie in the entire world. And I freaking love it. Yes. Well, did you guys see uh breaking Dawn part two in the theater? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Who do you think oh, you're yeah. talking to? Well, Oh yeah. I mean, I think you know where I'm going with this. Oh yeah, the scene that turns out to be a psych. Yeah. Yes. I did somehow <laughs> did not know about this. I uh, like, ma- I amazingly avoided this moment of pop culture which for like blows, 10 years. for 10 years, including <laughs> when I was we were doing the pod and I was looking up stuff about Twilight, you know, I was writing about it. I mean, I was trying to be spoiler free cuz I was part of the mm-hmm. our pod is me predicting what's going to happen and all that. But like I missed that. And so we have a full video of me just losing my mind. Just secretly filmed me as we watched it. Yeah. It's just what it, so how was that in the theater? Because I was losing my shit. I was so confused and <laughs> baffled. Okay. So I here's the it. thing. The younger version of myself would go to certain movies mm-hmm. for the joy of taking pleasure in the shock and sometimes tears of others yes example i went to go see the remake of halloween that rob zombie Mm. did a few years ago Mm -hmm. i walked in late it was the scene where little michael myers (laughs) cool kid is murdering the kid from spy kids with a log and this girl sitting very close to where I'm standing is shrieking every time that log makes a thud on this poor kid. So I point at the screen and I go, <laughs> family comedies are the best. <laughs> that was me. So, of course, I'm sitting there watching Breaking Dawn Part 2 with my friends because we've committed to this. And by this point, are we as into it as we once were? Not really. But am I a completionist? absolutely so of course i'm gonna go see how they ended all this and it's mostly teenage girls in the theater (laughs) Mm -hmm. like when heads of certain characters are getting ripped off and certain characters are dying and they're all just going (gasps) (gasps) and i'm sitting there just uh, it's like all those gifts of people eating popcorn watching something exciting happening that was literally me i'm just 
Oh, children. Um, <laughs> it's one of the boldest moves. What I know. Yeah, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen in a, <laughs> anything. Like Game of Thrones is famous for doing that, but it's also Game of Thrones. So at some level, you're not that shocked. But like when you yeah, think... it's shocking if people don't get murdered there. Right. Like the Red Wedding was shocking, but it's not like out of the question. But like when it pans down and you see Carlisle's severed head in a Twilight movie, you're like, what? what i was i was truly baffled i went through like every stage of grief (laughs) he really did i was angry i was pleading i was confused Uh, by the end i was accepting it carlisle is a great dad which is the sexiest thing about him yeah i mean sure he probably could have just let edward die of his illness and whatever but he was lonely Mm -hmm. and he owns up to that and complicated feelings but he's a great dad for oh, his foster dad. kids best character and that's oh very yeah sexy yeah midnight sun oh, makes yeah, he's you want definitely like the best oh yeah, yeah. well in midnight sun it makes me want more carlisle well it makes me wish it was a carlisle backstory book instead of oh what yeah 100 percent. i'd love that yeah 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 yeah. like that's make that the next novella like the the incredibly yeah. not so short second life of yeah um carlisle, carlisle. cullen revisited part one through three i'd read the hell out of that oh yeah uh it, oh, novella yeah. it was more like a novella okay she wasn't in it at all i very excitedly made that joke on her pod i, I excellent it was, it was a great moment for me that's cute uh, like that it. was most excellent <laughs> so uh just kind of wrap things up uh we have our final question that we ask everyone oh yeah team edward, team edward or team jacob where, where oh, you at? Team Edward. I, I was mean, always this... Team Edward. I was never Team Jacob. Like, let's be real here. There was no way I was going to be Team Jacob. Like, he was like Taylor Lautner was like kind of hot, and I was like, ooh, maybe. And then I was like, no, I am. I am an Edward bitch all the way. I am here for him. I they am cast Swan. that poor I boy in that movie for one reason only, so you can see the meat display. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Taylor Lautner shorts. is a meat display. He's, <laughs> doesn't he own George. a shirt? <laughs> My favorite audience... part of like the of the New Moon movie is the fact that they consciously made the decision to have him shirtless for like the entire movie. Like it is clearly like freezing where they are fil- filming this yeah. thing. Like it is clearly like really cold, and um, they're like yeah, Taylor, you have to keep your shirt off the entire like, time. Boing boing, yeah, turkey yeah, he's just like. Popping people like poking people's eyes out left and right, and like they they consciously made the decision to give him low rise jeans and no shirt. The entire Mm -hmm. film, Mm -hmm. someone in the costuming department made that decision for the entire film, and I salute Mm -hmm. that person. And to you know, and to get it like to get it his body in right form, he's like starving. You know, he's not eating, and so like he's you know like like anything. So he's. I can't imagine how miserable he was that entire time. He's like yeah, well, eating he has no five fat on dozen either, eggs so he's and like protein freezing. shakes yeah. and rocks. Like that's <laughs> he's freezing his, his brain is like, Bleh. like his I could are hard. not. I could not make this up. When I, I remember, this is one of the few things I remember about seeing Eclipse in mm-hmm. the theater mm-hmm. is the moment where they have the famous line doesn't he own a shirt several people in the theater were like no <laughs> he better not i remember that happening to, that happened in the same theater that i was there was like an audible response from the audience of people being like ah, woo, ah, when they 
Or people are like, ooh! When... Now that reminds me. <laughs> this is one of my other favorite memories is, um, you know, the moment in um, Breaking Dawn, I think it's part two, mm-hmm. um, where Jacob decides to try to ease poor Charlie into the supernatural by taking off all of his clothes mm, he's like this. okay this is gonna be kind of weird but just hear me out his clothes Unzip. come off and charlie's <laughs> like whoa and people in the theater are like you cretin why are you covering your eyes don't you know what you're looking at do you know how much we would love to be you right now you've been blessed embrace it <laughs> and i'm sitting there silently thinking yeah I mean, they've got a point, but they can't. They they can't show you his his third arm because if you do, then this becomes an HBO project. Yeah, yeah and, and I, like we said, it's also very cold. That's not fair to right. Lautner. See, I distinctly mm, remember yeah. the moment when I learned that Taylor Lautner was also Shark Boy. <laughs> like, there was a very distinct <laughs> moment in my personal history when I fully re- came to the reckoning that this was the same person playing both roles. And I was like, oh, dear Lord, what is this world coming to? What is life? I don't yeah. understand the meaning of the world anymore. How? Because <laughs> I like I had that's the first his role in Twilight was the first like role I had seen him mm-hmm. in, like knowing mm-hmm. his name. Right. And then I learned that he was Shark Boy. And I was like, what? See, people talk about how Matt Lewis, who played Neville Longbottom, went from being an awkward child to being a hot adult. Oh, but Taylor I mean, Lautner Taylor was Lautner, he was really, he was my first exposure to, okay, small, awkward, adorable children grow up to be hot adults mm-hmm. that don't need to wear shirts anymore. You yeah. really don't. And he married someone named Taylor. Oh, did he? Yes. I didn't know that. I've not been following his, I've not been following the gossip wheel on that one. Yeah, I I just saw a post and all I remember about it is that she she is also Dave Taylor. So they are truly Mr. and Mrs. Taylor Taylor Lautner. So that's fun. I would have story. The only other film besides Shark Boy and the Twilight movies I've seen Taylor Lautner in is a movie I expected to hate and I was wrong. It was one of those ensemble holiday movies. It was Valentine's Day. Day, Where his girlfriend is Taylor Swift. Swift? They're actually dating now whenever they are. I know. What was hilarious for me is that at the time I believed that Taylor Swift was that person and apparently everybody else thought so too. And then this becomes like a joke for her of, oh, people think that I'm this person. Okay, I'll make it a character. And then she turns out to be a person with thoughts and feelings. Yeah. Which younger me did not always appreciate things like that as much as I wish I had. Yeah, I mean, you're talking to the biggest Taylor Swift fan I've I've ever met. Yeah. Not him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Oh, is my brother here? (laughs) (laughs) My brother is a high school math teacher in Indiana, and his students got him for his birthday a life size cardboard cutout of Taylor Swift and put it behind (laughs) his desk because even they know. That's that's where I was going to say my sister's pretty. My sister. Actually, no, my sister's friend is probably the biggest Taylor Swift fan that I know. Mm-hmm. She is the person who, when Taylor Swift comes here, she goes to every single concert that mm. she puts on. Like, if it's in a four or five hour yeah. driving distance, she's at every single night of every single concert. And I'm like, girl, 
How do you have the money for that? Yeah, that's right. expensive. Yeah, like, that's a dream to me. I definitely cannot afford to Because I make Jess go. Yeah. I do that with my favorite band, uh, the Mountain Goats. Right. And those tickets are those tickets are cheap. yeah, They're like twenty five bucks. Under, under fifty. So Why does that sound like a band that Bella Swan would try to get Edward Cullen to listen to, and he would just be like. Mm, no. Well, music hasn't gotten any better since the 20s. That sounds like like you're living in Seattle. There's mountains, mm-hmm. and you're listening to weird, grungy kind of indie rock because mm-hmm. Nirvana's from there. Mm-hmm. So of course you go. You listen to a the Mountain Goats sounds like the kind of band. Yeah, they're like a folk rock band with a lot of emotions, <laughs> and uh, so am I. I am well, not I'm not a folk rock band, but I am full of emotions. You would hope a folk rock band would be full of emotion. Very sad, Dad. Honestly, sad this dad sounds rock. like something that I would enjoy listening to. I'm looking up their Instagram right now. Yeah, is, I is will warn Instagram, you. Instagram Mountain Books music. This one, Devil House. Oh, he's also an author, familiar. though. So you're, yeah, they have a. Okay, I'm on the extensive right discography. Then. Yeah, whenever we first started, they have candles that bleed. That favorite band. Hmm? What'd you say, Julie? They have bleeding candles. There's a bleeding candle. Oh yeah, for his new book, it's like a Provo thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's it, actually that's really dope. cool. I kind of want a bleeding candle now. I would like it to bleed glitter though. That is my preference. Ooh, that would be dope. Me too. That'd be exciting. Yeah. So this yeah. is great music talk on this Twilight podcast. <laughs> uh, but wait. Go ahead. Jeff, what was are you Team Edward or Team? Oh Jacob? yeah, sorry. I don't think you oh yeah, you didn't tell answered. us, Jeff. You know what? I'm Team Bella needs to get a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, Team. Same. You know what? Why do you keep reducing women to romantic pairings in order to keep them relevant in books? Which I don't think we actually brought this up when we were talking about the Grisha verse at mm-hmm. first. Is one of the reasons why we love it so much yes. because yeah. There's romance because people have feelings about things like that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a crime. Right. But is that the only reason you have these female characters here? No. Exactly. But do authors do that terribly? Yep. You bet. And some of them have names that rhyme with bowling, <laughs> shall we say. I could yeah. be talking about anybody right now. But anyone. the point is, be please, please stop reducing female characters to romantic objects. Yeah. So I am Team Bella Agreed. is what That's I am. Well put. Also, side tangent. So sorry. Y'all's theme song. You guys have a banger of a theme song. Props That's to y'all. That's Jeff. Play it on one and a half speed. I wrote that. And it's like really a banger. Okay. Yeah. Recommend. <laughs> And everyone, just listen to the pod, if not just Remix. for, listen to the end of the full podcast, if not just for the theme song. But uh, they complimented our theme song. It's so good. Yeah, I loved it. I was like, himself. I listened to it. I, was I like, spent oh, like 13 dang. years in music school and my greatest musical accomplishment, apart from is one published academic paper, <laughs> is the theme song I made for our podcast. It's so, gorgeous. Yeah. It's good. gorgeous. Well, thank you guys so much for yeah, uh, taking you. the time and, and, and dealing with our... Um, or technical snafus. Uh, this is we've loved talking to you guys. This yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, let's get let's not wait so long to get together again. We'll have you guys on our show, uh, yeah. please, yes. anytime. I yeah, have so many you. thoughts about this series, and I will be updating you as I get through Six of Crows. <laughs> yeah, I think we should have you get through Six of Crows first, so that way we can all like fully go off. Yeah. Good point. That's that's true. I feel like after that, you're gonna have a lot of feelings. So it is okay. a deal, like a and I'm holding you to that. I will be on your podcast. Both of us will be. Yeah. Can't like, stop me, me now. Sounds good. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, when I say me, I include you. Oh, yeah. You are me. We are joined. You are welcome. Yeah. And yeah, uh, finish Six of Crows and potentially finish Crooked Kingdom. And then you will, trust me, you will have 
<laughs> a plethora of feelings to be sharing. Don't you worry. Can't wait to find the experience those yeah. feelings. Well, uh, the, yeah. before we go, if you guys just want to shout out all the, I know you guys have other projects. If you want to tell everyone uh, about those, where they can find you guys on the socials for, int- for in- what's that? Nothing. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. But just where people can find <laughs> uh, Into the Fold, you guys, all your other projects. So yeah, Into so- the Fold. Jeffrey. We've obviously rehearsed this. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey. Wow. I go first. Oh. We just did this. Remember? This is That's our on our show. We are guests here. <laughs> Fine. Take off your shoes. I'm gonna take my earrings off and then we're really gonna fight. Ooh, that's, that's I'm gonna take Not off my I... Louboutins. <laughs> he said no. like somebody who has Louboutins. <laughs> yeah, I know I don't have Louboutins. Louboutin. <laughs> okay, so Jeff, where can people find us? So if you want to follow us on social medias, our Instagram and Twitter are both into the fold pod. Our Instagram has a lot more going on a lot of the time Mm -hmm. than our Twitter does. It's interesting how some mediums just tend to be more active for certain things. You never know. But into the fold can be found anywhere pods are cast, including youtube mm. so just look for into the fold a Grishaverse podcast it should suggest that for you because apparently there's at least one other show called into the fold out there mm-hmm. but we are into well, the fold a Grishaverse the... podcast oh yeah into the fold, yeah and yeah, it's like about mental want... health mm-hmm. who needs mental health yeah. when you can have the Grishaverse? the characters yeah. in all the books we have mentioned today they all need it honey <laughs> No, Definitely, all of them. They all have Genuinely. severe amounts of trauma they've experienced. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and no one to talk to except for that guy who's just sitting in the corner who lubed up the window to get in. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Meticulously yep. crushing spiders to protect Bella. Uh huh. Like a because like that's a hero. what she needs protecting from, not the vampire right. that's sitting in the corner of her room. <laughs> oh, tangents on tangents. <laughs> Tangents on tangents on tangents. But yeah, so if anyone else wants to listen to us, like Jeff said, we are on all platforms where pods are cast. You can send us an email to at intothefoldpod at gmail.com. And if you like my dulcet tones specifically, (laughs) you can find me over at Puffcast Pod, which is your Harry Potter happy place. And it's a podcast run by two Hufflepuffs who are just trying to create like a little happy Harry Potter fun space. And we try to keep it positive and fun. And that is Puffcast Pod. And that is can be found anywhere where pods are cast and that's also our social media handles too so into the fold and popcast pod and we're happy to have anyone who wants to listen and we're thank you guys for letting us join your show because this was so much fun yeah so much fun anytime this is fantastic uh we're kind of wrapping up this pod uh but we're gonna do a general young adult uh podcast for our next project oh fun and i believe what we're gonna do first is a series of unfortunate events. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe. That's oh my God, I love the series of unfortunate events. Good, because well, because I've not oh. read them, but Spencer has, so it'll be a nice. You haven't read? Oh, that reversal. was one of the books that I read. Come, oh yeah, I was like on pins and needles waiting for each of those books to come out. Oh boy, those oh, yeah. are good. So we'll we'll be hitting the sass you up, guys. level yeah. in those books. Oh God, yeah, we'll we'll get there. Lemony <laughs> Snicket, two thumbs up for Lemony Snicket. Oh, for sure. Oh, I love him so much. He's so funny. Uh, he's so great, but. End of the podcast. I will let you guys go. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, we'll keep in contact. We're both Hufflepuffs, so... No, I'm a Ravenclaw. What the fuck? 
As a Hufflepuff, I'm making her be a Hufflepuff. Hi. Well, I can come Hi. on your show then. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. Well, we, we, we encourage anyone from any house Thank to join you. us. So, yes, I think that at some point, right now, we are kind of. Uh, just as a side note, Mel and I are like very booked up with guests at this exact moment in time. No March, March, April and March tend to be like, for some bizarre reason, like really busy Interesting. for that podcast specifically. Hmm. But we would love to have you on yeah. probably in the later half of the year. No worries. When we actually have open spots. Anytime. We'd love to do it. Jeff, did you have anything else yeah. you wanted to shut up? Yes, I do. I was just sticking to Into the Fold since that's what brought us here. But you know what? Since we can promote anything that we are a part of, mm -hmm. I am in the camp of it, people Jeff. who not only unashamedly but enthusiastically enjoys the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them universe. Mm -hmm. And we have another film coming out in that universe yeah, very soon. Mm -hmm. So if you are as excited about that as I am... I am also a host and social media correspondent for Speak Beastie, which is MuggleNet.com's Fantastic Beasts podcast. I actually got to do recently my first celebrity interview since we've spoken about those today. Mm -hmm. I got to interview Joshua Shea, who played young Newt Scamander in Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That was a fun interview because it was six in the morning where I was. I'd been up all night working. I got my COVID booster the day before, oh, no. so I was fever ridden and exhausted and apparently Living your best didn't life, come across in the interview at all. And that is a that's miracle. Impressive. That's a pro that move. Is, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I should get I should get some kind of fever inducing booster jab before every interview I do, apparently, <laughs> because apparently that's when I am really on hey, interesting adversity, like you know, yeah. Compensating, Just, but like yeah. doing an extra like, good job. <laughs> like the Michael Jordan flu game of podcasts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this puts you in like sport. a weird headspace that you can only access in very specific scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you where it puts me is incredibly focused and thinking, please, dear Lord, don't let them be able to tell that I have a fever and I'm totally exhausted right now. I love it. Well, oh, I love it. Thank you, guys. Uh, I'm sure and excited that we'll be in touch in the future. This is great. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Um, we'll and you we'll later. see you soon. Okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. Okay. Awesome. Thank Bye. you, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, this thank was you. Really fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.